Let me tell you why you're here. You're here because you know something. What you know you can't explain, but you feel it. You felt it your entire life. But there's something wrong with the world. You don't know what it is, but it's there. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Seeker Podcast at Service of Change, where we challenge reality, question what you've been taught in hopes of inspiring a new direction of thought to bring about change. I'm your host, Dennis Nappy II, with Service of Change. Tonight's show, we're going to be talking about the war for your mind. There seems to be a lot of stuff going on in the media, false media, fake news. Uh, there's some stuff that came out through Facebook and Mark Zuckerberg I'm going to get into tonight, along with some stuff out of Germany, talking about the manipulation of media and how they're going to censor what is out there. I'd like to get into some of those stories and how that can impact us. Uh, as most of you know, I don't try to spread fear. I hope to spread information and offer some viable solutions, and I think I have some. But also, as I say at the introduction of this show, my goal is to challenge reality and question that which we've been taught in hopes of inspiring that new direction of thought and bring about change. It's time to start doing something different, and that begins with a shift in our perceptions and our understanding of just who we are and our connection to everything around us. And I have some some things that I think are going to challenge your thoughts and your perceptions this evening. I hope you'll stick with me and, uh, you know, through to the end to see where I'm going with this. But our relationship to uh, to everything, I think we need to strongly question because that connection is what's being used really against us. And we're kind of being funneled into this system of, you know, here's where we get our information and, oh my gosh, what are we going to do now? because they're going to start censoring it and in the name of protecting us from fake news stories out there. And what I want to suggest is that there is more to this picture. There's more to this story. Uh, You know, anybody that's ever studied deception, denial, when they're telling you to look in this direction, look the other way and see what else is out there. So I'm going to have us look in a direction by the end of this show that most of us probably aren't used to looking in, but it's a direction that I've looked at for a long time. It's something that I've relied on Uh, you know, through many of my journeys, through uh, military, law enforcement, even as a teacher. So I hope you'll stick with me here. Let's talk about this uh, article that comes out through the New York Times. Facebook is said to create a censorship tool to get back into China. Now, again, this, this is concerning coming out of San Francisco. Mark Zuckerberg, Facebook's chief executive, I'm just reading from the article here, has cultivated relationships with China's leaders, including President Xi Jinping. He has made multiple visits to the country to meet uh, its top internet executives, uh, and he's made an effort to learn Mandarin. 
What's scary here is the social network has quietly developed software to suppress posts from appearing in people's news feeds in specific geographic areas, according to three current and former Facebook employees who asked for anonymity because the tool is confidential. The feature was created to help Facebook get into China, a market where the social network has been blocked. These people said Mr. Zuckerberg has supported and defended the effort the people added. Now, th- this article, I'll have this linked in the show notes that'll be up on the, by Saturday at serviceofchange.com. But it goes on to talk about where similar software has been used in places such as Pakistan, Russia, and Turkey. Now, what's scary about this is, you know, these countries, basically what they're doing is they're restricting freedom of the press, they're restricting free speech when you're censoring what's going to be out there. Uh, If this software exists, are they going to put it in place here in the United States? Would we have a way of knowing that certain things are being censored? Some of us might make the argument that this is a good thing and and, and maybe we can make that, you know, I'm going to get to an article in a minute uh, coming out of Germany where maybe they make that argument, this is for our benefit. I'm going to err on the side of caution and say this is a dangerous tool because down here in the article it says, Facebook does not intend to suppress the post itself. Instead, it would offer the software to enable a third party. In this case, most likely a partner Chinese company. Now, can this come to the U.S.? This is not saying that it is coming to the U.S. My point in bringing this up is we are talking about targeting face news sites right now uh, that cause such a problem, uh, or at least that's what's being alleged. That's a story that's being sold right now. My concern is, are they looking at the alternative media sites, which in my opinion have been bringing out a lot more credible information than what we saw coming from the mainstream media that were all putting out their same narratives. You only have to do a, a few internet searches on your own to find out you know, a lot of the deception, a lot of the misleading stories that the mainstream news puts out for us. So uh, I, I challenge you to do your own research in that area as well and draw your own conclusions. But this is something that, that we need to be aware of. And I initially hit the panic button myself when I saw this. I said, oh, this is great. This is the beginning of the end because that's just where my head goes all the time when I first see something. And I have to take a step back and calm myself down. And what I, what I thought about was we're so focused on our, what's comfortable to us right now, where we go to get our news sources. You know, and a lot of us, not that Facebook is a news source, but a lot of us, that's where we start our journey of research. We'll see something on Facebook, we'll click the article, and then I'm hoping we're looking and doing you know, more research beyond just a headline that we see on Facebook. But if Facebook is going to start censoring things and limiting what we see and ultimately controlling where we're getting our information and what information we're getting, well then let's go somewhere else. Let's not just use Facebook. Let's, if you're, if you're tech savvy, develop a new platform out there that's not going to have this out there because Facebook, in my opinion, is really kind of becoming a scary place with this type of technology. Create another platform. Find another platform. I have my own websites that I go to, some of which I'm going to touch on tonight that I think that we should all be looking at. And again, some of that is going to challenge our, our, our comfort zone, which I think is a good thing right now. But we need to check this out. We need to be aware of this. But right now, I think we need to be starting to look at where we're getting our news. We are the consumers. So we are driving that train. Let's not make it the other way around. Right now, they're influencing us. They're manipulating us. They're calling the shots. If we stop going to certain websites, well, they're going to have to change the way they do things. If we were to stop using Facebook, which, hey, let's face it, that's easier said than done right now. 
But again, that's the power that we have as uh, collectively as a people united. We stand divided. We fall. So let's let's start thinking about that. Let's start brainstorming alternate solutions instead of just hitting that panic button and saying, oh, great. Now what are we going to do? The world is corrupt. There's plenty of options and alternatives out there. Speaking of standing together, moving on to the next story here. That's a big one. Uh, the Sioux people in North Dakota have had a rough week dealing with, uh, you know, the protests. Now, uh, there was some reports that initially came out. I was watching the live feed talking about the water cannons that were sprayed against the people that were out there protesting. Uh, They were standing on a bridge. I forget exactly where this bridge was, but they were standing on a bridge at night. And, um, you know, what the reports are stating is that the police department or whoever was on the ground there sprayed cold water on these people, um, you know, in, in, freezing cold conditions. Now, I'm a huge proponent of there's three sides to every story, side A, side B, and then what really happened. Um, You you know, but I I also know the game that some of these, you know, companies like the oil companies like to play. So what I initially saw was, you know, the, the first report I read stated that, you know, the people were on the bridge, they lit cars on fire, and they were throwing rocks at the police officers, which prompted them to then squirt them with this, you know, freezing cold water. And I think they you know, fired some concussion grenades and, uh, you know, some rubber bullets, which caused, one caused a real serious injury. The grenade blew up on the woman's arm. She was actually having her arm amputated. Now, again, with these stories comes propaganda. So we need to be smart consumers on both sides because each side's trying to prove their case here. What I know about these protests that's been going on is these people have been uh, you know, promoting were peaceful protests, were nonviolent protesters. So my conspiracy-minded brain right away goes, "Oh, maybe there's plants in here. Maybe there's people from the oil company uh, who are acting as you know the water protectors, and they're throwing rocks and are inciting these riots with the police in order to you know enact these violent situations." I, I honestly don't know. I did a little bit of digging on it, and uh, you know I've been watching the live feeds from uh, I'm going to mispronounce her name, Shailene Woodley. She's the girl from the Divergent movies. She's been on the ground. She's been arrested a few times, but she does quite a few live feeds. But she was doing kind of a debrief live on the air. And, uh, you know, one of the things that they were calling for was, you know, stay away from the bridge. We need to deprogram. We need to kind of ground ourselves and step back from this. And it almost sounded like they were acknowledging that some of their people crossed the line, uh, you know, and and provoked the law enforcement that was on the other side with the rocks and with the, uh, you know, with the cars being set on fire and stuff. I wasn't there. I don't know. Um, but it's something that, you know, if you're, if you're interested in getting involved in the protests that you need to be mindful of, um, you, you know, don't provoke a situation to make it worse, to make it more violent. I think that's a very scary thing that we're looking at. And, uh, you know, what this article that I have up here talks about, uh, you know, it's, it's titled where evil resides, veterans deployed to standing rock to engage the enemy, the U S government. Uh, and what, uh, a group of veterans is calling for on December, December 4th, if everything goes to plan, Hundreds of veterans will muster at the Standing Rock Sioux Reservation, North Dakota, the mission to, dis- to stop the Dakota Access Pipeline. And I'll have, again, this article linked up uh, in the show notes, but it talks about, you know, how, you know, the organizers of this are going down, um, you know, to stand, to hold the line, basically, and, and stop this from happening. You know, and they made mention, uh, I'm not going to scroll through the whole article here, but they made mention of, you know, I'm willing to die for, you know, for my cause and stuff. And it's just, it's scary rhetoric. And I, I you know, I... I respect what the Sioux people are doing. I I commend them for standing up to these big oil companies on their own land. I think it's a very noble thing. 
and I, I hope they find success in it. And I, I like their idea of maintaining a peaceful protest through this endeavor here. Um, you know, it, it's scary where we're at, though, because I've covered this story on several podcasts, uh, you know, over the past couple of days and, and weeks. And, you know, what's scary is that the UN's on the ground. They're watching this situation very closely. We already have civil unrest in different pockets throughout the country. Um, if this blows up, if this gets violent, what's going to happen? What's going to be the reaction? I posed this question in the last two shows. I don't know. So I think we need to proceed with extreme caution uh, moving forward with, with this situation here. So we'll continue to monitor it. Something else that uh, I want to jump into, I'm, I'm out of order here, but going back to uh, our Facebook thing, this just came across here for me. Uh, we were talking about Facebook and the censorship uh, algorithm that they're working out with China. Well, now Germany's uh, Merkel says she supports efforts against hate speech in Germany. And what they're looking for is uh, German, German Chancellor Angela Merkel on Wednesday threw her support behind efforts to fight the use of hate speech posted on social media platforms like Facebook, Twitter, and Google's YouTube. Under a program that runs until March, German authorities are monitoring how many racist posts reported by users of social media sites are deleted within 24 hours. Justice Minister Heiko Maas has pledged to take legislative measures that results are still unsatisfactory by then. Again, I, I don't agree with hate speech. I think that it's causing so many problems. And again, this is Germany. But could this be a model that's adopted by the United States? I don't know. I mean, the, the internet was just handed over basically to the UN uh, not too long ago. So is this where we're moving toward here with the extreme censorship of the internet? We are hearing that talk and that we are hearing that rhetoric. So again, I, I don't support hate speech, but I do support free speech. And we have the ability, again, as consumers of information, if someone's putting up hate speech in your social media feed, just block them. Just ignore them. And it takes away their power to influence you and to upset you and to bother you. When the government starts stepping in and saying, the citizens can't handle the hate speech because they're getting too mad at one another over what's being said, now they're censoring free speech. Again, I don't support hate speech, but I don't want somebody to tell me what I can and can't say. With great freedom comes great responsibility. So we need to be responsible consumers when we're watching this. So again, simple solution to what's being made into a, a bigger problem than I think it needs to be. If somebody's saying things that are offensive to you, don't engage them. It's not worth your time. Block them. Cut them out of your media feed. Stop going to those websites that are promoting that. Simple as that. All right, moving on. We just saw another massive earthquake in Japan. Uh, not massive, but it was it was in the, a 7.4. It may have been downgraded to a 6.9. But initial reports came out it was about a 7.4. Up by Fukushima, where in 2011 we saw that same report, uh, you know, um, that same area hit, which caused some serious issues with their nuclear reactors. A couple interesting things I want to draw your attention to if you've been checking out my, uh, my news feed uh, through my Facebook page. I try to share these every single day, a website called Suspicious Observers. And what they have found is a direct correlation between solar activity, uh, sunspots on the earth, electromagnetic activity, and earthquakes, among many other things to include human behavior. 
So every day they put out a, a, a five-minute video talking about what the you know space weather, how it's going to impact the Earth. I try to catch it every morning. They have predicted, I believe, the last six earthquakes, Fukushima being one of them. This is historical. This is groundbreaking. This is something we all need to be paying closer attention to. They have the ability to predict earthquakes with some accuracy. Uh, and what he's what he's putting out, it's coming out this winter, is a disaster prediction app, where this app's going to be able to give you an alert if an earthquake is pending in your specific area, in your specific zone. This can save, this can literally save lives and change our. It, it should change our understanding of the universe and our relationship to it. And that's something that I want to get into a little bit more in, uh, in, later on in the show. But here at Suspicious Observers, again, you know, they have some, some uh, what really catches my interest. And I've covered this in other shows. I'm bringing it up again because I think this is one of the most important things you need to be paying attention to right now is the impact of the sun and solar activity and solar storms on human health and human behavior. And go back and you can find in the archives my show that talks about this, talking about the solar activity being linked to sudden cardiac death and solar activity being linked to suicide from a study done in Australia that warrants our attention, especially when we're seeing all this crazy stuff going on. I'm going to take a step back to you know, my, my first book in this in the genre that I put out called I Am Human and We're Not Who We Think We Are. And one of the, I guess, moments I had, I had, I had a fish tank uh, and I was looking at my fish and I, I was trying to get my fish to breed. I always thought it'd be really cool if my fish would breed. And I said, you know, it's fascinating to me how if I change the pH level of the water, it's going to increase their level of aggression or make them tired. It's going to have all these impacts on their behavior. If I change the food I'm feeding them, it might make them more desirable to mate or to, you know, again, just kind of be lazy and float around. There's all these hidden elements that I'm able to manipulate in the water that they have zero knowledge of, but it changes their behavior. So in looking at this invisible stuff that's measurable through science, I said, well, what's out there that can have an impact on us and on human behavior. And what I've come across is some very strong research talking about the electromagnetic fields that are out there that have an impact on human behavior. And I know I sound like a broken record because I'm not getting enough attention to it. I I think this is so important for us to realize and pay attention to. And again, they're using these electromagnetic fields to predict earthquakes right now. So that website here is Suspicious Observers. I'll have links to it at the show notes. It's always in my Facebook feeds that I'm sharing their stuff. Uh, You know, predicted the last earthquake out of Fukushima. Again, it's, it's worth paying attention to. Something that I find interesting with this earthquake, um, now my fees are, are loading a little slower here, but they, uh, the, the reactor stopped following, uh, it stopped following the, the uh, recent quake and tsunami warnings. I'm not sure if it's back online yet. They said normally if it goes offline, it'll be about seven days before the heat gets to a critical point where we have to be concerned about it. There's not a lot of coverage on it. I spent about 20 minutes trying to find something, you know, giving me a current status of the reactor. The most recent article I could find was from two days ago where it said the reactor went offline. I think it's back online, but I haven't been able to confirm that information. But what I find interesting is that just a few days before this went offline, uh, where are we at here? I think on November 11th, 
the crippled Fukushima reactor was fully exposed for the first time since the meltdown. So they were removing some of the protective measures that they put in here, uh, you know, since March 2011. And then just a few days later, we have this earthquake and tsunami that causes all these problems. So is that just bad timing? Uh, I don't know. But it's something to keep your eyes on with that as well going on. So moving forward a little bit, some things that I find interesting and relevant to us uh, out of the Washington Post. The police are now using software to predict crime. Is it a holy grail or biased against minorities? Um, what, basically what they have is they're looking at crime statistical data, historical data, and then it's putting together an algorithm and it's saying at this location, at this date, at this time, there's a possibility that we're going to have an auto theft or a burglary or a robbery. So they're looking at historical data and trends and trying to make predictions. So what they do then is they'll send a cop out to that specific location to just engage the public, not to go make arrests right away. But I find it interesting and it reminds me of the movie uh, Minority Report, if you've ever seen that with Tom Cruise, where they're using psychics basically to uh, predict the future and then go out and uh, arrest people before they commit a crime. I think they called it pre-crime. Uh, you know, so I'm going to make a connection to that movie in a minute, but another interesting futuristic technology that's coming our way right now... Um, Forgive me for a second. I'm getting some feedback in my microphone. There we go. So another interesting technology that's coming our way, intelligent humanoid robot they call Sandbot fights crime at airports with facial recognition software. Uh, and it talks about the applications of these robots that they're going to have patrolling various airports uh, that can recognize you know, facial recognition. I think they have voice recognition, all these things to try and detect criminals. Uh, and, and it goes on. Let me see where I'm at here. It can be programmed to work in a number of fields, retail, education, healthcare, hospitality, and security. But it comes after robotics ex expert Noel Sharkey warned humanoid robots will one day, quote, take over the world and we won't be able to spot them. Now, is that going to give us some kind of Skynet situation? I know that sounds very far-fetched, but there is has been some warnings about these AI robots and what they're going to be capable of doing, especially if we can't spot them and tell you know, exactly who's a robot and who's a real human being. So that's something to keep our eyes on as well that I find interesting and kind of relevant here. So I'm going to go back. A minute ago, I was talking about the electromagnetic field. And I was talking about how they're using that now. Uh, based on the electromagnetic field and solar storms to predict earthquakes to, and the impact that it has on human health. Now, on some of my other shows, I've been talking about the electromagnetic field's impact uh, on the human body. I recently had some training that was put out through the Institute of HeartMath. And here's an article talking about some of the research at HeartMath. If you haven't checked them out yet, I highly recommend checking out the Institute of HeartMath because I believe that understanding this type of stuff is going to get us to find a better way to improve our current situation in the world. Right now, it seems to be there's a problem. Let's get mad. Let's protest. Let's fight about it. But that doesn't work. That seems to only make our problem worse, or it seems to only get us to the point where we have one side that wins and one side that loses. And, and do we still have angry people? So what do they do? Do they go back? Do they plan to try and re-engage? they redirect? Is there a better way? That's what I'm always looking at. Do we have a better way that we can do this? And in my research, I want to say absolutely, I don't even want to call it a better way. I want to say a different way, a different alternative. So this article is called Scientists. Earth's magnetic fields carry biologically relevant information that connects all living systems. Now, this is what a lot of 
this was considered new age spirituality just a few years ago. This goes. This is not a new age statement here. This is not a new age article. This is research based science right here that we're looking at. Is these connections here through again that electromagnetic field that is connecting the Earth, people, the Sun. It seems like everything has some kind of connection to this. I'll read a little bit of this article. Science has recently shed light on the fact that what we used to perceive as human aura is actually real. All of our bodies emit an electromagnetic field, and this fact plays a very important role far beyond what is commonly known when it comes to understanding our biology and the interconnectedness we share with all life. Now, this resonates with me so strongly because I've had experiences that can now be explained through this electromagnetic field and I go through them in previous shows and you know I keep referring you back to these shows because I'm throwing a lot of information at you right now if it seems overwhelming if it seems crazy I challenge you to at least go listen to those other shows read the show notes that I have out there read the resources that I have out there and the research that's out there talking about this and basically what it comes down to if you think of a TV station or radio station it's tuned to a particular channel much like human perception through this electromagnetic field, we are tuned to particular channel. Now, in the span of the universe, in the span of everything around us, or even in just the span of what we can see as far as light is concerned, we are only able to perceive a very tiny fraction of what is out there. And sometimes that field shifts its frequency just enough where we're able to perceive a little bit more. So there are people who can see auras, myself included. There have been times, you know, if I focus myself, if I meditate, where I'm able to perceive an aura around somebody, you're able to gather information based on what you're seeing from that aura. We now have the science showing that. Uh, in addition, what HeartMath has found is that there's data within this electromagnetic field that is generated from the human heart human heart generates this field it transmits emotional data among all of us that data is basically contagious whether we realize it or not and that's why i was so concerned prior to the election i was putting out videos trying to say hey we need to be mindful of this we need to be aware that this electromagnetic field we have an impact on that what we're putting out there is going to literally resonate it's going to spread and that's exactly what i have seen happening throughout the country right now and really throughout the world and we need to take a pause and we need to, again, and this is not a new age, lovey-dovey, just send love and light and everything's going to be okay. There's an actual technique that HeartMath, several techniques that they have, there's training that they have, there's software that they have that teaches you how to better control your emotional output so you're putting something positive out into that field instead of something negative. I've been working with this uh, myself and, and we will be rolling this out with some of our students at the local high school that I work, that I work at right now. Um, but this is, I, I think, groundbreaking stuff. And I want to draw you to, uh, you know, there's other research that came out in the 70s they did. It's called the Maharishi Effect. And back in the 70s, what they did was they had a group of people meditating on a specific area. I think it was Lebanon, which was, at, you know, in a state of war at the time. And what they found was that when people were holding these feelings of peace in their hearts, when they were meditating on peace, they saw a, a measurable decrease in violence in that area. And this study has been repeated several times, showing that a small number of people promoting peaceful meditation are able to influence, ultimately, I'd say, the, the violent behaviors of people in an area, in a, in a targeted area. And it only takes a small number 
to influence a greater population. And they have these percentages out there. I don't know the research off the top of my head, but there is good solid research out there. Now, this is where what I'm going to get into right now may challenge some of our comfort zones. I'm going to tie it back in. The point of this this show, the, the topic of this show is the war for your mind. We talked about Zuckerberg developing algorithms to limit what we're seeing on Facebook. We talked about, you know, in Germany, how they're going to be targeting hate speech. Again, I'm not spreading fear. I'm not saying hit the panic button. I'm just saying it because it's out there right now. With this stuff that I'm talking about here through the Institute of Heart Math, instead of us panicking, instead of us saying, where are we going to get our information from? I want us to take pause and I want us to look at ourselves for a minute and, and think about your intuition. Think about what that tells you when you come across a news story, when you come across something that makes you uncomfortable. Your intuition, if you can learn to listen to it, and, and some of us have, have tuned it out in life, and I've been at those stages in my life where I, I haven't listened to it, but I've learned to listen to that inner voice. That inner voice, from what I'm beginning to understand, is actually tied into this electromagnetic field that we can now measure that carries data. So we're able to tap into this field naturally and trust our intuition. I think that is the first step. Taking that steps further, there's great information, great research that comes out of places like the Monroe Institute, which for the past 30 years, if you're not familiar with Bob Monroe, has done um, really good studies into out-of-body states. They've, they've been able to develop technology that will repeatedly induce out-of-body states. They're able to measure these out-of-body states. For example, they'll say, hey, we're going to set something up in this room over here. You're going to have an out-of-body state. Report back to us what's in this room. People are able to go do that repeatedly. So there's really good information, really good research coming in there. I know for some of us out there, this may be challenging for us to, to fathom and understand based on our worldview. And I'm asking right now, that we just suspend our current beliefs for a moment and keep an open mind that there's more to us. There is more going on in this world than we realize. And if we're going to continue to just accept what's being crammed down our throats by the media, by this corrupt system of media that we have right now, then we're never going to be open to this possibility. Another organization that's out there, the Farsight Institute, uh, and this is Dr. Courtney Brown's organization. I, I came on to Courtney Brown when I was a senior in high school back in 1997. Uh, one of his books called Cosmic Cosmic Journey, Cosmic Voyage, I forget what it was called. Um, but he talked about the remote viewing program. Now, you could do open source research and find that the United States government developed an open, uh, I'm sorry, a remote viewing program in competition with the Russians, I want to say back in the 50s or 60s, or maybe it was even the 70s. And what they were doing was they were basically training psychics to spy. And they were in this competition with the Russians to see who could develop this technology faster or this, this ability faster. And what they found was basically that anybody can be taught to do this. Now, officially, the, the government has dropped this program. Uh, there's a movie out there starring George Clooney called The Men Who Stare at Goats, and that, that discusses part of this program when the military was working with psychics and, and you know what they were trying to understand what they could do. Farsight Institute carries this research on, uh, they have great studies, um, you know, again, it's a scientific process that they go through where they're going to identify a target. The, the viewer has no idea what the target is. He's usually just given a set of numbers, a set of coordinates that correspond to that target. And then he reports on what this target is. And then they later will find out what the target was and they can compare what the viewer 
you know, recorded because he's taking notes, he's making sketches, he's writing things down, he's making statements and what the target actually was. And there is significant accuracy with what they're getting. So my point in, in all of this is, is saying that, yes, the world is trying to scare us and saying they're going to limit, you know, they're going to restrict fake news. And, and, you know, I'm reading between the lines and saying they're basically they're going to be restricting free speech. Um, as much as I hate these fake news sites and these distractions, I don't want my government regulating that. I want us as consumers to make the decision to regulate that. And if we can better understand our connection to the universe, our connection to this energy that is a part of us. And again, I'm not preaching new age religion. I'm preaching based on the research that I've come across through all these various uh, organizations that are out there. If we can better learn to connect with this stuff, we can do a better job of getting our own news, getting our own information. This can be the beginning stage of a massive change in our understanding of who we are. That's why, you know, my current writing series is called I Am Human. The first one is, and we're not who we think we are because we're missing a piece of who we are in this world. So if we can understand that, if we can connect with that, I think we can move forward in a positive direction and stop putting out this negativity. And I know I may sound like a broken record and my apologies for constantly saying this, but I feel like sometimes when I start talking about this, uh, people's eyes kind of gloss over and they, they kind of don't know quite how to take me. So I'm trying to say it in different ways because I feel this is so important. You know, and I, I made a promise to myself after my father passed because some really weird stuff happened uh, that I was going to be open about these things that I've experienced that I've that I've witnessed throughout my life and I was going to really do some serious research into understanding this so when I see all these different articles out there I, I, I try to connect it back to this because I think that we can we can change the way we're doing things in this world and we can change it for the better and it's going to benefit society and humanity so I hope this Saturday you know the show notes will be out with all these links for everything that I've been talking about so you can go back and you can start doing your own research um, if you haven't done so already I invite you to go to serviceofchange.com subscribe to the secret newsletter that way you'll get each week you'll get the show sent to you with all the show notes you can check the links you can start doing your own research you also get free access to read I am human and we're not who we think we are immediately upon signing up for that newsletter uh, in addition to that you know You'll get the links to my shows that are available on SoundCloud and iTunes. Most of them are up on YouTube right now. Subscribe via SoundCloud. Subscribe via iTunes. So whenever a show comes out, you'll have it sent directly to your, you know, to your inbox, to your alert system, whatever you have set up. That way we don't have to just rely on Facebook to share information. If you think this is relevant information, you think this is good information, these are ways that you can connect directly with me as I continue to put this information out and, and share it. And, and really, I, I'm learning on my own as I go. So... Uh, you know, I'm just trying to get it out there as fast as I can because I want us to be able to use this knowledge and use this information. So again, I invite you at servicetochange.com. Check out the resources I have there. Check out, you know, my shows. I think I have, I think this is episode number 73 or 74. So there's a lot of information out there. Um, you know, a lot of show notes, a lot of links, things that you can get into, uh, you know, and do your own homework. And if you find conflicting information, I'd love to hear about it. You know, I, 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 want to find the truth. I don't care if I'm right. I don't care if I'm wrong. I care about putting out good information. So that's what I ask from, from you out there. If you're enjoying this show, 
please help me out. Just hit that share button uh, so other people can kind of be drawn to this information as well. I would greatly appreciate it. I'm not going to take up any more of your time this evening. It is uh, Wednesday, November 23rd. It's the night before Thanksgiving. I'd like to say thank you to all of you out there, uh, to my friends out there who are watching live. Thank you so much. I greatly uh, appreciate the support and uh, have a happy, healthy, and safe Thanksgiving. I'm Dennis Nappy II with Service of Change. This has been the Seeker Podcast, where small changes among the masses can have a massive impact around the world. I encourage you to be that change. Never stop questioning and keep an open mind. Thank you. Seekers.